Hello, this is Kevin Kersey of the Kevin Kersey Agency. The Kevin Kersey Insurance Agency, a member of the Farmers Insurance Group, can help you with your home, life, auto, or business needs. We are located at 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg, and our phone number is 317-286-3481. We can also be found on Facebook at the Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. Indiana Family Dentistry is located at 505 North Green Street in Brownsburg. Dr. Will Hine practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852-5999 and website is infamilydentistry.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is a proud supporter of Hendricks County and Community Radio. This is Luke Stevenson for the Central Indiana Innovation Hub. Central Indiana Innovation Hub provides space for individuals to meet and network for business-related needs. Central Indiana Innovation Hub is located at 5250 East U.S. Highway 36, Suite 1101 in Avon. More information can be found at indianahub.com. Our phone number is 317-696-3050. Office hours are Monday through Friday, 830 to 4. Tours of the facility are available. This is Donald James of Impact Youth Mentoring. Impact Youth is a not-for-profit mentoring organization providing mentoring services to the children of Hendricks County. We pair mentors ages 16 and older with youth in Hendricks County. Over the past five years, we have been able to impact over 120 children through our mentoring and tutoring programs. Information about becoming a mentor or finding a mentor for a child can be found at impactyouthmentoring.org or via email at impactyouth1010 at gmail.com. The UPS Store Brownsburg is located at 124 East Northfield Drive in Brownsburg. Their phone number is 858-1422. The UPS Store Brownsburg can handle your printing needs, including color, large format, and business cards. They also do blueprints, mailers, and invitations. Thanks to owner Tom Reese and all the folks at the UPS Store Brownsburg for supporting community radio in Hendricks County. The Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on 98.9 WYRZ. Today's program is made possible by the Kevin Kersey Agency, 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg. And now here's your host, Rob Kendall. Welcome in to another edition of Central Indiana Today here on 98.9 WYRZ. I'm Rob Kendall. Thanks for joining us on the program today. We are going to get you up to date on everything that's going on in politics here in Indiana. It's our uh, weekly political recap with our friend. He's a data analyst, political guru, and most importantly, a Danville resident. Scott yes. Strong. Scott, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. How about you, Rob? I'm doing just great. So again, for people who may be hearing us for the first time, because mm-hmm. of course we are on SoundCloud now, iTunes yes. as well. Uh, who are you? What do you do? Why are you qualified to tell us what's going on? Sure. So um, during my daytime job, I work for a big four accounting firm, and I'm the global communications manager. And one of the things that I do is data analysis. So I'm kind of a business analyst to go into things. So we look at the trends and predictive analysis of whether a product will do something or it won't and we look by a standard deviation so we won't go too far into that but we're basically the data mining experts so you are into information 
Yes, you're information. Also, you're also a historian. Yes, I am. You so you look amateur at, historian. Yes. yes, you look at predictive trends and yes. things that have happened before and all that good sort of stuff. Yeah. So the, the the thing is, is that which has been before often is again. Right. And so that's what we look at, and um, we've been very successful on some of that, both in the political world and in the business world on predicting those trends. Okay, so let's start with uh, Sunday night. Um, Big night. That was awesome, wasn't it? That was reminiscent of what the 1800s political campaigns <laughs> used to be like. Because they held nothing back, and nothing was definitely held back. So um, they, they come on the air on Fox News, and the first thing they say is, we have some breaking news. Mm-hmm. And uh, with Trump, you never know what it is. And I thought <laughs> initially right. they were going to say maybe like he pulled out of the debate, mm-hmm. said the moderator is biased, can't be trusted. I'm not going to show. No, he's on a Facebook live chat with the women who claim they've been sexually abused yes. by Bill Clinton. Yes, he brought in um, four of them from the past, from you know Paula Jones to Juanita Watt- Broadback. Yeah, Juanita Broderick. Uh, yeah, you said uh, Paula Jones. Uh, there were yeah a laundry list of the uh, Kathy what Kathy Shabel Sh- Sh- Shabel yeah whatever her name was. So yeah, there's a ton of them, and he mm-hmm. found uh, he found four of them who were willing to go out there with him on Facebook Live. Yeah, so I think they were called in saying, hey, there's a photo op with Trump, and then when the media walked in, there's the ladies. <laughs> so this is great, because if you remember, I told you, my primary thing I hoped for if Trump got the nomination was, everything else aside, was that he would call Bill Clinton a rapist on national television. Mm-hmm. And not only did he basically do that, he brought the women. He brought them. And so when you've got Paula Jones, who's had an $850,000 settlement, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't protrude that he was innocent. Yeah, this is not that uh, This is not that. Um, uh, she accused him, and he said, no, I didn't. It went to court. They settled. Yes, that's right. So they're, they're bringing up all these things from the Clintons' past, and all of a sudden what it's really doing is, you know, I even heard one of the one of the newscasters say, oh, I'd forgotten about all these things that the Clintons had done. Yeah, so uh, Trump is a master. Somebody said this, and it really is true. Trump is a master deflector. Yes, he is. And so what he did basically is is you know he's been try- he's been holding himself back yeah. and trying to be more presidential and then of course this brought the story came out last Friday on him and all of a sudden what he did is said all oh, the heck with this yeah. if and, and we 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 know that this came from the other side. I mean it wasn't an accident that it came out 48 hours before the debate and so basically he just took the gloves off and he went after her in every little sentence and every little detail for that debate. Now this word great for me because yesterday was Donald Trump Day on the yes, show. Yes, I heard it. That it, was it, great. It was totally an accident. We had actually recorded the show on Friday before the news broke yep. on the Trump audio tape and then the debate and uh, you, by the way, you can go back on SoundCloud's, mm-hmm. SoundCloud, iTunes, listen to yesterday's show, episode 276, uh, Donald Trump Day. The state executive team was uh, was in Hendricks County, and we had a chance to talk with them. Some great stories about what Trump is like as a, a person. And um, uh, anyway, uh, so uh, who is... Who is this reminiscent of? Who is Trump? What polit- I know you've mentioned Andrew Jackson, but from yep. a campaign perspective, is there somebody that you go, he kind of is like this guy? 
Yeah, a- absolutely. Um, so a lot of people are, con- you know, because he kind of pulled his theme out of the Ronald Reagan era and there's a movement and right. things. But the reality is he's really like the Andrew Jackson. And there was, and although Andrew Jackson was the first Democrat, what he's happening is in predictive analysis. We look at things that were before and that which was again. And for the first time, I heard him say something at the end of the debate that was the final plank in Andrew Jackson's thing. So, and what was that? And that was the fact that he said that he would pay off the national debt. Yeah. And when I heard that, I was like, my gosh, he's following Andrew Jackson to a T. Not only did Jackson balance the budget, not only did he deal with immigration, but he also paid off the national debt. The only person in history, and that sounds, you know, far out there when it's almost $20 billion in debt, but he is following that predictive pattern. He gets in, he, one of his biggest detractors at that time was fighting with the Speaker of the House, and, and Paul Ryan's coming back again. He he got into it with him before the convention. He kind of got past this, and now these guys may have to govern together. All right, so uh, Scott, you got time to stay for two uh, sure. two shows? Okay, so today we're going to spend today talking just about Trump and the presidential debate, and then tomorrow's show we're going to talk a little bit about local politics and things that are going on in the state because okay. th- th- there's so much to get to. Uh, okay, so uh, Trump. Um, I thought it was interesting because say what you want for the Clintons. They are very, very smart, calculating. Uh, they're not stupid. Yes, no. They're, 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 not, they're not stupid. And w- in the opening moments of that debate, Trump seemed a little hesitant still whether he should just go ahead and tr- just knock her in the head with a metal folding chair. Yeah, he was holding back. and but they, But both moderators came at him on this issue. And there was a point where you could see he just kind of took a breath and said, Screw this. Which is what I'm going we, for which it. Which is what we wanted. <laughs> this is what the people want. Now, the reason I say that is I feel like Hillary made a huge mistake because she brought up the Trump tape. Yes. And she opened the door for him to say, all right, lady, gloves off. That's you right. You want to talk about behavior of men. Your husband. husband. Your husband. <laughs> her Next to Next to maybe John F. Kennedy, yep. but even John, you don't know because that was so long ago and things were different and you don't know. He is a, just the biggest philanderer, abuser of women, degrader of women that maybe has held the ever held the Oval Oval Office. Yeah, so he's got, he's, he, they that are. That was so stupid for her to do that. Yeah, and there's some brand new books that are out by Ed Klein that talks about what's going on. It talks about the fact that they don't even really live together. They don't share anything. He basically holds up at the presidential library. They talk about he brings up interns at lunch and he gets foot massages from them. This is still happening. This is still happening. And so we've, we had this confirmed by the, by, um, the the former Secretary of State that um, had his email hacked, talking about what he was doing with women, and so this is this is still out there. It's still going on. And one of the things in Ed Klein's books is he talks about Hillary's not even sharing with Bill what her health is. I mean, they are living separate lives. They just kind of come together on the political tale, or they talk to each other on political items over the phone. You know, the reason I say this is number one: any talk about behavior towards women is a loser for the Clintons because she was an enabler of of his. Mm -hmm. There is no doubt if you, unless you believe that these women, again, one of them, which he settled with. Yes. I mean, 
he lied about Lewinsky because wasn't it wasn't the Paula Jones suit why he lied about Lewinsky? Yes. Yeah, so it would you, there it was not a it, it's one of these marriages of a political marriage. In 1986, Dick Morris talks about how Clinton came to him and asked him to poll what his numbers would be running for governor if he divorced Hillary. <laughs> you know, I mean, you decide whether you're going to divorce somebody by how the polls do in your state. And, and again, I've heard people say, well, that it was between them and what. Clinton Clinton did doesn't affect her. It does mm-hmm. because she was an enabler. And a lot of people don't really, and again, we've talked about this before. A lot of people, especially from my generation, don't know the extent uh, yes. to which the Clintons demonized women the, and the Clintons' pearl. There was actually a, a unit in the White House, supposedly, no, known as the Bimbo Eruption Unit, yes. to, which she was the head of to deal with these women who accused Bill of sexual infidelity. Yeah, and they used what was called the War Room yes. <laughs> to launch these campaigns. It was it was a campaign of destruction against anybody that said anything about them. And if you remember the Clinton years, it was one scandal after another yes. from Whitewater to... Um, inconvenient deaths that happened that were supposedly suicide. Yeah, I mean, think about this. Let's say on the on the women right now, because, um, again, what Trump did, it's, it's the, you're not going to, there's no excuse, there's no, right. there's no excuse for it, but it is, let's be, re- we're real on this show. Yeah. Let's be real. A lot of these men who are out there saying, oh my gosh, that including Paul Ryan, I'm not saying Paul Ryan has said this, but what I am saying is the majority of men at some point have made, maybe not that comment, but they have made, uh, I thought Trump hit a great locker room talk. He did. He did a wonderful job of redefining it. I thought what was most interesting is you had all these Republicans come out and said that it wasn't going to support him. One of the people at the top of the list was John McCain. That's funny. I never heard an endorsement of John McCain for Trump. Yes. <laughs> and now all of a sudden he says, I can't support him. These, I don't think he was supporting him to begin with. The... the, the <laughs> Look, again, it doesn't make it right, but the average man, the average man on the street has at some point said something that bad or worse to their friends. And the uh, I saw a meme the other day that I thought was just brilliant. It said something to the effect of 50 million women bought 50 shades of gray. And the language in that book oh, is yes. far, far worse towards women and sexuality than anything Trump said. So who was offended by this? Yeah, so what's happening is the Clinton the Clintons have don't have much to use on Donald. They don't want to attack him on his business. The the dealing with immigration and him hitting him on the radical Islamism is hasn't gone well. So they've pivoted to this issue because they're trying to drive a wedge between women and men. But I don't think this thing really changed anything. And the excellent point that Trump brought up is he says just words versus actions. Yes. And and, and Trump is, and this is one of the reasons I really, really, really am so thankful Trump was the nominee, and we talked about Mm -hmm. this a lot, Yes, um, is Trump does not take the crap from the Democrats. Trump says, okay, you want to play? Let's play. 
Yeah, and so what the Democrats have been doing in their playbook is they take the number one issue. So if your number one issue is national security, the first thing they say, well, let's just take that off the table. Let's take your greatest strength, let's put it on the shelf, and now let's fight. It's like, okay, Rob, let's you and I are going to box. Yep. Let's, let me tie your hands, arms yep. behind your back, and then let's see how well you do. Trump is, and you got to remember, this is a guy, and this is, again, when all these people were critical of me and saying, well, this and that and this and that. Trump is the only person who could survive the Clintons. You know, mm-hmm. people talk about, well, if we just nominated Rubio or we just nominated, they would have torn those guys apart too. And those guys would have hit under their desk. They would yep. have apologized. Now, I don't think with the Rubio or a Cruz or a Bush, it would have been the sexual no. innuendos and things like that. But it would have been something. And those guys would have been washed away. I mean, they would have just. This is the idea. I heard these people that go, "Well, uh, Trump should get off the ticket, and it should be Mike Pence." Pence would last about three seconds with the Clintons. Pence would be a total apologist to those people because then it'd be Riffra and gay marriage, and, mm-hmm. uh, and and unlike Trump, Trump is hitting back. Trump got more on the Clintons in ninety seconds than the Republican Party did in 30 years. Yeah, so this is a good lesson for Republican candidates and the people out there. Number one, Trump's going all or nothing. The problem with a Rubio and all the other people that were running is they're still involved in politics. Yes. If they say something, they've got too much to stake, so they don't want to lose what they've already got. So Trump is playing all the cards. It's all or nothing. And so what's happening is Clinton's hitting him on everything. I think the reason that the Clintons are pivoting to this issue because they really don't have yeah. anything else to use on the guy. Get our guest is Scott Strong. He's a political analyst, data guru, historian. We're talking a little bit about Trump, uh, the debate. Uh, that'll be the focus of our show today. Tomorrow we will talk about local issues, statewide uh, races. Get uh, Scott's thoughts uh, on that as well. Uh, okay, so uh, l- let me ask you this before we talk about the result of what Trump did. I love when they come on the air, they go, uh, we picked these because it was, ta- it was town hall. Yes. So you're sitting around and these people ask you questions. Now, I will say I did not think for once there were any gotcha questions from the audience, which is unusual. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually there is a plant in there. Uh, maybe there was a plant, but I don't feel like they got a question out that was a plant question. Um, but they said we picked these people based on here's the criteria for this. They told Gallup they were undecided. Yes. All you literally have to do apparently was tell Gallup you're undecided. Mm-hmm. And you're in. Yep. Is am I am I wrong for saying that there's so there was an extreme vetting? Yes, <laughs> I didn't tell all participants. Um, the, but they uh, didn't have bad questions. I mean, no, most no. of them came up pretty decent. Now the only one that was a little shaky was the question from the Muslim lady to Trump. But I felt like the question was okay the way it mm-hmm. was worded. It wasn't a gotcha question. It allowed Trump to answer the question uh, fairly. It wasn't why do you hate Muslims or any, anything yeah, like that. Exactly. Uh, but. Who talked to somebody yesterday about this? Who is undecided at this point? Who's like I don't I don't know I, 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 don't, I these two people could not be any more different. Who really is undecided at this point? Yeah, most people are probably have a, a leaning or a way that they're going to go. They just don't want to share with everybody else they want to do. And one of the interesting things when we take take a look at the polling, um, it's not PC to support Trump. The right. people that are coming out and supporting him are really saying, hey, I'm tired, I'm fed up with right. it. And a lot of people, so when they're saying, when we do polls across the country, Trump, if you do a voice poll, and I asked you if you support Trump, it's 5% less as opposed to if you do it online 
and yeah. you just click the button because then there's anonymity for the person. Right. So uh, wh- the reason I asked that was after the event. Now, again, it's a snapshot in time. Um, CNN, of course, was caught doctoring their audience on how to answer the, mm-hmm. the post-debate polling questions, um, which we'll get to the press here in just a second. <laughs> um, uh but the the Luntz, Luntz is usually pretty good. He's usually pretty mm-hmm. fair. He's certainly not a fan of Trump. But no, he was the primary. Those guys went at it big time. Um, it was overwhelming to the people that Luntz, Frank Luntz is a, a I guess you'd call him a Republican pollster, but yeah. but he's very fair. Um, I think both sides would say that. He takes independence and then yes. gauges them. He's got the meter thing where they move the dial. Yep. And um, overwhelmingly, the independence in that poll in that Luntz focus group said Trump won easy and not only did he win he swayed their vote yes he did and it was interesting because Luntz even said when he came in he said I thought it was over for Trump I, th- I thought there was no way and he says after that he said he had to change his mind that Trump was alive and that that audience really did seem to come across I mean when they had raised their hands two-thirds of them supported Trump as well they were supposedly undecided before because let's face it it said this the other day to somebody uh, by the way Trump has been great for business for me. Oh, yes, he has. Trump has uh, Trump has really made my uh, sort of revitalized my career for you in the cable news network. Yeah, yeah. I, I, Trump is uh, Trump has been very very good for me. That I, I wholeheartedly uh, uh, am glad he ran for president. Um, I told somebody this the other day. I said, uh, "Look, twenty years ago, the Trump comments are a big deal, mm-hmm. but we are now in an era of Twitter, Facebook, Instagram." Yeah. Instant mass communication. Um, I don't think it's a big deal at all. I think people go, one, it was 11 years ago. Two, wow, an eccentric billionaire was talking about his sexual prowess. Oh, my gosh, what a <laughs> shocking revelation. He didn't say it when he thought he was being recorded. He did, He wasn't, you know, I'm not excusing it, but what I'm saying is, in the instantaneous information world we live in today, I think people just go, I don't, I don't care. Yes. I don't care. Am I, am I wrong? No. It, it, the reality is is the, the, the meter or the dial has changed in politics, and part of that's because there's so many more conduits. Yep. Um, so there was kind of an unofficial thing where they didn't let FDR be photographed anybody even know that he was in a wheelchair um, there was health issues with JFK and womanizing and the press just kind of right. hid that up now everything's out there everything's fair game and if the media doesn't cover anything all of the other sub channels are covering yeah it. yeah it's, it, it it to me is uh Trump is the I always say this Trump is like the uh Heath Ledger in in the Batman movie, the mm-hmm. Joker. Trump is the politician America deserves. I yeah. mean, I like a lot of the Trump stuff, but who he is, these people that say they're so appalled by his behavior, the, the, his mm-hmm. his decorum. Look, these our country is run by people who would fit right in with the mob. Yes. They're just not public about it. Harry Reid is a mafia member. <laughs> yes. And if you think the Republican establishment side is any better, they're really not. They just have different special interests. So the idea that a guy who will publicly be the face of what American politics has become, it's become a joke. It's become an absolute joke. That offends you. But the people that are literally stealing from you and enriching themselves doesn't bother you. That is why America deserves Donald Trump. Yeah, so what's happening here <clears throat> as the the... 
the U.S. is kind of, there's this battle between nationalism and globalism around the world. And the globalism is kind of those that know better, and I know better for you, right. Rob. I don't, you, you really don't know how to right. handle your finances, so right. why don't you just give it over to me? And there's a, a, a crux, a remnant's raising up and saying, hey, enough of this. I can take care of my own stuff. You giving away everything. Yeah. You know, what, what happens is you can't help the poor if you're poor yourself. So sometimes you got to take care of your own house and your own family before you can reach out to help other people. So let's talk about the media. Again, this is Scott Strong, data guru, political analyst, historian. We're talking a little bit about the Trump and the presidential uh, debate, which, by the way, don't forget if you missed yesterday's show, uh, it was Donald Trump Day. We talked with the entire Indiana statewide uh, statewide team. By the way, Rex Early, he is a character. Yes. You were there. Yes, I was. I talked to Rex and Jeff Cardwell, which yeah. was another one of your interviewees. And um, Rex is a Rex is a great guy. I mean, he he's at the place. He was, as he told me, and I heard you tell him on the air, he was elected in 1962. Yeah. And he just lets it fly yeah. on everything. Yeah, Rex is the way I envision myself being when I'm his age. <laughs> you know, because I guess I'm sort of that way now. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so if you missed any of that, that's episode 276. You go back and listen on SoundCloud and, and iTunes anytime you want. Um, okay, so let's talk about the press for a minute. Uh, I got into this with Tully yesterday, and oh. Tully, Tully and I have done TV together. Okay. And I, I like Tully. He's a nice guy. He's, he's, he's on the left side mm-hmm. of the spectrum, but I, I like Tully. Um, and I don't think he understood what I was saying, that he was talking about Abe Lincoln being invoked in this debate. Yes. And what I tried to say to him was, because people have been so critical of Trump and his treatment of the press, and, well, Trump's a... And I'm not saying Tully said this. Right. I'm saying people said, oh, he's a Mussolini, he's a fascist, he would shut down the presses because he, had the, he wanted to change libel and right. slander laws. Uh, I said, you guys keep invoking Abe Lincoln... Abe Lincoln shut down newspapers and jailed newspaper reporters who were critical of the state. Why does Abe Lincoln keep getting invoked by these people? That's a good question, you know. And you're the historian. Lincoln was the biggest abuser of the free press and suspended habeas corpus. Well, and the, there was the country was at a civil war, and so when war is being fought literally in the next town over from you and you have spies everywhere because you're fighting amongst yourself, you take extraordinary measures to rein things in. And so while we're not quite that far today, there obviously is a bias. About 90% of the press is self-professed Democrats. Yeah, so, which is fine. Which is fine. But my point to Tully was, you guys would have crucified Lincoln if he were jailing your colleagues and shutting down your newspapers. He could put Matt Tully out of business. Yes, and that's he could. my point is that historically Lincoln next to George Washington is probably remembered as our greatest president. He's got a big giant statue in Washington That's right. and he shut down newspapers and he jailed newspaper writers and he suspended habeas corpus. That's my point is 160 years later it's easy to go my God, what a great President Lincoln was. But at the time, those guys, if it were today, would have crucified him. Yeah, and this is why um, there, there's the annals of time, is when you look back, sometimes when and when people do things at the time, um, you know, FDR was, you know, professing we're peace, we're not going to get in World War II. All the time he's building up the military, he's making alliances, and he's getting the troops in ready to go. the Japanese! That's right. My point is, they reflect on these people who get lionized in history. I mean, JFK almost got us blown up by Russia. Mm-hmm. And it was his inability to act in Cuba, or wrongly act in Cuba, that started the whole thing. 
Washington almost lost the Revolutionary Wars because of decisions he made. My point is they we tend to lionize these people in history, and it's like, look, they did some really good things, mm-hmm. some of them, but you guys would have been just as critical to them during the... I just... The Lincoln thing perplexes me because he's been invoked the party of Lincoln and the party of this and returned to Lincoln, and it's like, Lincoln... Lincoln jailed newspaper reporters. <laughs> yeah, so so extraordinary times require extraordinary measures, and that's what part of Trump's campaign is about. He says this thing is going wrong; it's going bad. We need to do something, and so it's it, what, we, what he has to do is he has to bring the crucible back to the major issues. And for the, the Hillary's tried to play this line. Well, I think we're still a great nation all the time. While Obamacare rates are going up, sure. it's about ready and our debts is weighing down on us. Economic growth is one percent for eight years, the slowest growth that we've had since World War II. Um, you know, things are kind of spiraling out of control. Regulations, jobs are being outsourced. China's coming in and eating our lunch for us. So, what Trump's saying is it's a core. And when she tries to reframe the message, it's kind of like you know me telling you know, well, that's not a dog, that's a cat. Everybody's looking at it like, are you crazy? And so they're trying to put out some messages that aren't being bought by the American public. Let's talk about the press for a second because. Um even when I never think it can get any worse, mm-hmm. it manages the bias of the media, manages to top top itself. Uh, we have now, because again, the premise of freedom of the press was somebody has to keep an eye. If you read about right. the fa- the writings of the founders, which you do yes. so often, mm-hmm. um, somebody has to keep an eye on the politicians. Yeah, so it was meant to be another check and balance. Right. Not only the checks and balances between the three government, the three offices of the government, um, but to have somebody that was independent, that would inform the public on both sides of it. And at that time, we didn't have political parties sure. when it started, but they, they quickly formed. And so this was kind of a third-level objective bias because, uh, I won't say bias, but an objective check on, on government to report what they're doing and what they're not doing because we were a very decentralized people across the country. Not yeah. everybody can watch CNN back then. And, and uh, as you said, it, media has certainly evolved, and really there are two... There, there are two facets of what I call legitimate media. Right. Look, some guy on Twitter or WikiLeaks. Now that they're they're stealing stuff, mm-hmm. they're not legitimate news sources. Right. They're providing information that could be invaluable to the nation, but uh, they're not legitimate news. There's really two facets to legitimate news. There are straight news reporters, right. people who say. Or investigators, here's what's going on, here's what we've uncovered, here are the facts of this case. And then there are guys like me who we comment on things. Right. They, there is no, there's no uh, mistaking that the information I'm giving you has an opinion to it. Right. You know, I do a lot of straight interviews, but when it comes to, when I'm interviewing the band director that's uh, of Avon High School, that's that's news. That's yes. just hey, here's the ABCs of the Avon band right. or the principal at Cascade. But when we're sitting here talking, we're, you're getting an opinion. Yeah, you're getting political commentary. So right. this is what's happened. This is our viewpoint, and this is our insightfulness of what that means. And I'm not the guy that you would pick to moderate a presidential debate. Right now, you could have me probably moderate the U.S. Senate debate. You could probably have me moderate the governor's debate because we've had those guys on the show. 
show and everybody knows I've, you know, I've mm-hmm. been very fair to all those people. But you would not pick Rob Kendall to moderate a presidential debate because I have a favorite. Yeah. I have a side. At least in this election. Yes. <laughs> now, it had been another Republican nominee, maybe not. But, <laughs> but anyway, the press now, these people who are supposed to be uh, un unbiased people who are asking these questions, who are moderating these debates, they are just blatantly working for Hillary Clinton. Yeah, and so what's happened over the last 30 or 40 years in the universities is that you've had academics that have come in who have pressed a, a, an agenda from the left. And so now all the people, when people get out in journalism, they're not out here to make facts. They think, I want to change the world. And the way I change the world is to get you to bend to what I think. And if you do that, then I've been successful. And they this has come into the national scene. Now, as somebody who has moderated debates before, I will tell you the job of the moderator is essentially to be like an ump- uh, umpire in, in baseball. It's to mm-hmm. keep the game on time. It's to enforce the rules. And it's not to uh, weigh in on opinion. It's not to fact check. It's not to give your opinion. That's the job of the debate tours. Yes. No, the problem with the news media is they have allowed these news media to become celebrities in their own right. Right. When George Stephanopoulos gets $15 million and part of his package is to get a, a private limo to come to his vehicle, his house pick him up bring him in i mean he's 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 not necessarily um not biased because he was huge in the clinton administration yeah and, and the republicans are to blame for this because they keep consenting to these jokers yep uh, being the moderators they're they're awful they're they're not only they biased they're bad they're bad at their job if the public wants to find a good organization that's actually non-biased it's c-span and the people that moderate it they have a policy in c-span not to let the person be and anytime that somebody does political commentary or something they pull them off the air but you don't know any of the moderators on c-span you may recognize them because they don't make celebrities if they wanted an impartial people they need the guys at c-span to moderate these debates uh it is also interesting Interesting too that um, Trump has used, and he's really the first one to use it. Romney, I love these people. Oh my gosh, we just had Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney choked. He was run over by the media when Candy. Crowley, can you imagine if Candy Crowley had said yellow flag to Donald Trump? Mm-hmm. Can you imagine? That is when Romney lost the election because he allowed a biased moderator to make him look stupid. Yes, attacked him, and he never really did defend himself. But Trump has used it to his advantage to the point where in the debate he actually said something in fact of, okay, it's three against one. Okay. Yeah. And And it enforces to the public, these people are shills, and they are what is wrong with America. So what Trump does is a beautiful strategy is he states the obvious. He states the things that everybody in the room knows. Remember when he said, oh, this room is full of lobbyists and donors as they're booing him. You know? (laughs) And then he says, hey, these people are against me. And then you saw all of a sudden it brings your attention to him. And then you see them condemning down the track. And then they confirm what he just said. Okay, a couple quick things as we wrap up here today. Wallace is going to moderate the next one. Yes. Uh, And and I actually will say while Wallace is a uh, registered Democrat, I think Wallace will do a good job. Yes. He's very fair. 
Yep. And so this is kind of the rubber match. We, uh, Without a doubt, Hillary, you could say she won the first debate. I have to say in the second debate, Trump won it. Um, this may be the rubber match, but the reality at this point, the expectations have been so low for Trump. Just if he competes on an even scale, uh, even scale with her, he's probably going to be viewed as the winner. Now, the other thing I will say for the moderators in the debate the other night, and I was shocked, I will give them credit, while they were totally in the tank for Clinton and acted totally in appropriate uh, in terms of trying to critique Donald Trump, mm-hmm. they did bring up WikiLeaks, Yep, and they did bring up the emails. Yes. So uh, they do get credit for that. I think they were forced into doing that. Of course, but, Trump called them out on it, and they said, okay, we'll cover that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but, but they do get credit. But the media, if you're listening to this, the media in this country is an arm. They are now an arm of... The, um, uh, the mainstream, mainstream media, which is pumped into your home. Look, if you want to look Breitbart on the right or whatever, yeah. you know, they, Infowars or whatever, they're, they're, those guys are, you know, conservative. But you have to seek them out. Yeah. Mainstream media, C, you know, CBS, NBC, uh, they are pumped into your home and they are an arm. They are attempting to influence your vote. Remember this, when you're looking at MSNBC, Fox News, or whatever, their number one goal is to incite you, to get you riled up, and to keep you watching. If you really want fair and unbiased news, you're going to have to read more of your news than watch it, because then you can skip over the comments. You can kind of tell when something's written out, if it's biased, and you can kind of skip to the facts. So that's one way that you can do it, is to to find yourself um, other views to be able to access your information and written is one of the good ways to do that all right objectively trump he can still do it he can still do it he's going to win it um this thing they, you have not wavered that you i have not win. wavered the predictive patterns are that trump will be the president he'll serve two terms and um, everything is lining up as i re- as we originally seen it and i'm not saying this because you know i'm in the t- trump for ta- in 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 the tank for trump i'm doing this because this is the predictive pattern and he is playing this thing out perfectly he may not even realize he's doing it but he's got a movement he's got the 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 people at He's, he's on populist issues that are resonating with the American public. And I also say this because the most of the media are using polls that are off of the 2008 um, election. And those numbers are no longer to it. So what it's doing is it's throwing the media polls. They're saying it's neck and neck. I think Trump is farther ahead in a lot of these polls because their polling and their methodology is not correct for 2016. The other thing you have to remember, too, is there is a large faction of the Republican Party and, by default, the people in the media who serve them, uh, who get their information from them, who are accepted by them, who are petrified of Donald Trump winning. Yes. And I was at that WIBC debate party the other night, and I'm going to tell you the response from the people there was overwhelming for Trump when he finally stood up and spoke up. And I'm telling you, you got this is this is going to be one of those years where the the the, the polls on election day, one way or another, I don't think are going to be even close to where the the end result uh, even happens because you have so many people who know that if Trump gets in. The Trump gets in. The game is over. Yep. For so many people. It and is. You've got to remember that. All right. Uh, okay. 
So Scott's going to stick around with us. Um, coming up tomorrow on the show, we're going to talk about uh, specific to Indiana. We're going to talk about Governor Pence and his reaction. Um, you're going to really enjoy that. Uh, we're going to talk about the U.S. Senate race. We're going to talk about the race for governor. And we're going to talk about the trifecta, right? Yes. We're going to talk about the trifecta. So don't forget, if you miss any part of today's show, you can listen to the podcast anytime you want. We are on SoundCloud now. We are on iTunes. You can download it right to your smartphone or tablet or computer. Uh, just search Central Indiana today. You can go back and listen anytime you want. Until next time, I'm Rob Kendall saying have yourself a great evening. You've been listening to the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on 98.9 WYRZ. Made possible by the Kevin Kersey Agency, 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg. An archive of today's program can be heard at our website, wyrz.org. Tune in next time for another edition of the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today with your host, Rob Kendall. Hello, this is Kevin Kersey. Since 1968, our family has been helping customers with their insurance needs. We provide insurance coverage for life, home, auto, and recreational vehicles. We are located at 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg, and our phone number is 317-286-3481. The Kevin Kersey Agency can also be found on Facebook at The Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. The Kevin Kersey Agency is a proud member of the Farmers Insurance Group. This is Luke Stevenson for the Central Indiana Innovation Hub. Central Indiana Innovation Hub provides space for individuals to meet and network for business-related needs. Central Indiana Innovation Hub is located at 5250 East U.S. Highway 36, Suite 1101 in Avon. More information can be found at indianahub.com. Our phone number is 317-696-3050. Office hours are Monday through Friday, 8.30 to 4. Tours of the facility are available. The UPS Store Brownsburg is located at 124 East Northfield Drive in Brownsburg. Their phone number is 858-1422. The UPS Store Brownsburg can handle your printing needs, including color, large format, and business cards. They also do blueprints, mailers, and invitations. Thanks to owner Tom Reese and all the folks at the UPS Store Brownsburg for supporting community radio in Hendricks County. This is Donald James of Impact Youth Mentoring. Impact Youth is a not-for-profit mentoring organization providing mentoring services to the children of Hendricks County. We pair mentors ages 16 and older with youth in Hendricks County. Over the past five years, we have been able to impact over 120 children through our mentoring and tutoring programs. Information about becoming a mentor or finding a mentor for a child can be found at impactyouthmentoring.org or via email at impactyouth1010 at gmail.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is located at 505 North Green Street in Brownsburg. Dr. Will Hine practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852-5999 and website is infamilydentistry.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is a proud supporter of Hendricks County and Community Radio.